What's good, Internet? And welcome to session 23 of Super GG Radio, where friends chat about video games and all things adjacent. I'm your host, Alex Arona, and with me this week, we have our own wayward son returning home, Eric Getty Gettinger. What's going on, Getty? If I ever move to Arizona, I'm getting that Elon Musk experimental surgery that turns me into a cyborg. Then I have an excuse to stay inside. Sounds expensive. I take it that work trip did not go well? Oh, let's just... I'm excited to be back. Let's keep it at that. Also with us this week is the Oreo to my nacho cheese, Beth Arona. How are you doing today, Beth? Seriously? Nacho cheese and Oreos? Couldn't come up with anything better to compare us to? Concussions and contact sports? That's even worse, come on. Charlie Brown and strong Christian overtones. Uh, okay, marginally <laughs> better. Uh, Beth, did you get the hentai gift basket? I did, but I can't get any of the anime girls naked. That's my wife. Why are you giving her that? Uh, I'll show you how to work uh, your way around it in the break. Please make it stop. This week, we're skipping the light news week to go deep on a ton of betas and early adopter discuss hacking limbs and poorly named video games in the Backlog Blog, and lastly, a segment where I taught Beth auto chess. What does she think about her short experience with such an overly complicated time suck of a game? No time like the present, and the wise words of Little Pump. Let's get it! I didn't like that at all. Early Adopters, where we play alphas, betas, and now, student games. Me and Beth played a neat little game called Killer Frequency. A preface to this, this is a student game, so nothing official, nothing published, free, just out for uh, somebody's, I think probably someone's college thesis or something to that effect. This is a first-person game where you are a radio DJ in the middle of nowhere, a small town of, say, 15 people, and it is 1987. Yeah, it's pretty much like a modern, a modern take on like an escape room. You're in this radio station, and then they're encouraging you to explore and find key items and clues within the room. So you need to really, like, look around and try to find these clues. Um, And then you go back and forth listening to the people that call into your radio station. And, you like, between that, you're supposed to, like, look around and see things like there's a map of a small town on on the wall, and there's a note that you find in a locker... With special instructions in order to like get to the next level of a different thing and there's a phone book that has like the people that live in the area so you can like do the different types of things that people ask you about that sounds like a lot of fun uh, yeah. it sounds a little bit like uh resident evil 2 or, or or even one well the big twist on this is that you don't leave the radio station Uh, There is a warning in the town that a serial killer is on the loose, and between songs, you'll take callers, and the callers are being stalked by the serial killer. So the main mechanic of the game is you giving them directions or advice or things to do and in order for them to escape the serial killer. So you can essentially kill these people based on your decisions. No, I I played this first before Beth, and let me tell you, I got everyone murdered. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, then, Beth, I take it you played too. Oh yeah, so I actually had two of the three people saved, which is good. But also, I think that kind of came from the fact that Alex had already played before, so he 
realized like, okay, that's a really important part of the game to actually like explore the room, which isn't clear. They don't tell you they that can, you need to do that necessarily. They kind of say, <laughs> well, you should get up and walk around, but they don't give you a reason why. And you're just supposed to find out why it's necessary. See, that's a pitfall with Alex. He's more, uh, man, I got to progress this story instead of, I'll just get up and walk around and try and solve these puzzles. Yeah, exactly. I'm here for the story, man. (laughs) Yeah, so that part just kind of doesn't necessarily... The story itself, a lot of it isn't... Doesn't give you the clues. The room gives you these clues. So, yeah, so once you play, you kind of, like, get the little pieces of the puzzle. And I feel like if you... The more you play, the better you'll get. But at a certain point, you've... Once you've gotten all of the puzzle clues, you won't be able to play again because, mm. or you could, but it would, it wouldn't be as fun because you have all the clues and you already know like kind of where to look and it just, it has some replay value because again, watching her play and go through it again, I was like, man, I hadn't even seen this part or gotten this far with this person on the phone before. So that was really interesting. I just love this idea. There's something unique about a radio drama you interact with, like an Alfred Hitchcock movie. Uh-huh. If this game had, like, two more people to save, because right now there's only three, and I don't even know if he's going to continue developing this into anything, but I'd say if you had a total of five people, game would be, like, an hour long. I'd pay five, ten bucks for something like this. Like, something unique and different, a spin that I've never seen before. Yeah, so how long did it take you to play through it each time? I'd say, what, half an hour, 40 minutes? Yeah, it was a short game. Yeah, That's not bad for something that you said that's being developed by a student for their thesis that's that's actually really impressive it sounds like a lot of fun too yeah it is though the voice acting is is a lot of fun and top notch you get a lot of cheesy like i'm coming for you voices from the killer (laughs) you get people you know yelling or like uh, sometimes people are just very aloof to it they're like this guy he's pounding on the door well he's kind of inside the place now Uh." (laughs) (laughs) so you get uh, a lot of fun. And then, of course, between each segment, they put on cheesy 80s, like, saxophone music or something, really, like some Kenny G. Mm. Uh, but I think overall, it's a fun project. I'd like to bring some attention to it, and that's why I'm talking about it today. I'll, I'm going to put a link, I think, in the podcast notes with the the website, and just so people can be more, more aware of something so unique. Sounds good. What you been up to this week, Getty? Well, after I realized that last week you guys decided to talk about Bite the Bullet and shitty Dr. Mario, I guess I'm I'm out on my own this week to come up with some other stuff, huh? Eh, you didn't miss too much. Yeah, but I wanted to complain about Dr. Mario and how counterintuitive it is from the original game. I, uh, I agree. Well, anyway, so actually this was a little bit ago, but I got to try a beta for Pixel Junk. It was Pixel Junk Monsters. Mm-hmm. I played it on the Android, and uh, it's kind of your standard issue tower defense. You run around building towers to fend off hordes of monsters that are dumb enough to walk in straight lines towards you. Uh, the kind of twist on it, in this case, is that you're on an island, and you go from island to island, and your characters look like little coconut people. Think the evil pirates from Moana. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So uh, your your main character's like Like this they're little, a big coconut? They're little coconuts. They're little mean coconuts. Okay. So it, 
you you get control of this one guy, like a tiki mask guy that's much bigger than the other characters. Okay. And you run around building your towers. Uh, that's it. Just gets worse from here. There's a lot of microtransactions. There are a lot of microtransactions. What does it even mean? <laughs> uh, well, they they may, they ask you to uh, pay real money to continue to play the game or to oh. become more powerful in the game. Yeah, so they try and nickel and dime you to get you to pay more so that you can basically pay to win. Oh, okay. So the the maps are set up so that the first couple are pretty straight alleys where you can build your towers on either side. Uh, you have to build your towers on a tree, and then uh, the monsters just walk right into it. Over the course of killing monsters, you can pick up these little gems that you can use to upgrade your towers. Now, when I say upgrade, it's not like good upgrades. It's marginal, if best. Yeah, it's very marginal. So you can either upgrade your attack, your attack speed, or the defense of the tower. But the way that you really upgrade your towers is by finishing levels to unlock these loot boxes. In the loot boxes, you can get more copies of the tower so that it upgrades the overall ability of it. Did it have a cool animation that when you opened the box, it, like, exploded? Uh, it was a little tiki mask, and you pressed it, and then it was like, here are some items. Ugh. Yeah, not my favorite. Mm-mm. So the game was pretty challenging. It did not care about you at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it would it would be pretty straightforward with you that you were going to lose pretty bad unless you tried really hard to get far in the game to unlock more chests, mm-hmm. or if you were going to pay. And... Paying is just not not an option. Yeah, it's pretty expensive too. I think they have some expensive options. For anything that I play on Android, I'm not I'm not paying money. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's it's a waste. For me, it was Marvel Puzzle Quest. I paid some money for that one. Oh, uh, I played that My one money. for a while. <laughs> Who? It was Beth's money. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well have been. Oh. But yeah, it's for some people, maybe that's what they want to do. So uh, there's, there's a little bit of more in-depth to the game. So you're a little tiki man. If you don't want to try and level up your towers by spending these gems that the monsters drop, you can run up to it and dance by it. Yeah, I, that was the one thing I liked was just like the little tiki man dancing. Yeah, except after he finished dancing, it would only level up a random skill. You couldn't pick which one it leveled up for you. Uh, yeah, I remember that. So it was a real big pain. The The deck of towers that you can build, you only have so many points. So if you wanted to use the really cooler towers that you get through playing, uh, you'd only be able to choose like one really good one and then maybe like one bad one. Mm, okay. Yeah, overall, I do have some tower defense skills from back in the day. You know, playing some balloons. Yeah. But this one just, it was so mean to me. (laughs) It mistreated you? Yeah, I would not go back to it. Just because all the microtransactions trying to really stick it to you, and then having to deal with just losing. I don't like to lose. And it, it was just forcing me to lose. Yeah, it's never fun when the game puts it in your face that you're not good enough unless you put up some real money. Yeah, and I'm not gonna put up. I'm not gonna put up any money for this pixel junk. <laughs> I like those games too, sadly, and I like tower defense. 
I just I haven't found one that really scratched that itch that I've had in a while. Man, just balloons back in the day. Yeah. There was one other one you played, right? There was. Uh, you had actually put me onto this one. So let me ask you, do you hate moving? Yes, very much do so. Do you love puzzles? I do. Okay, then Radical Relocation might be for you. <laughs> Beth, you love puzzles. I do love puzzles. So did you like this beta? I actually kind of did. It was a little bit, kind of had some things that you had to work around, but uh, right when you started, but I, I kind of liked it. So this is a game where they give you a car, a very plain car. It looks like, what, like a station wagon almost? Not, not quite, but... Like an old tank. Yeah. Yeah. And you are given luggage that you then have to pile on top of the car without any bungees. <laughs> Come on, give me some bungees, man. Give me some rope. No. Give me a guy with his hands outside the car holding on to the luggage. Uh-uh. It, it would just defeat the purpose of it. And so you have to drive your car with the luggage stacked from point A to point B. Without and, it falling off. And it is very easy to fall off. Uh-huh. What did you think of this one, Getty? Uh-huh. I, I actually like this one a lot. The The tutorial, there was there was no tutorial. So if you thought you were going to get any help in that category, no. And I think that kind of inspired like a 1030 at night call from you to me to be like, man, I can't figure this out. Yeah, no. It's, it only gives you access to uh, your your left click and your WASDs, and in that case, any other key was like resetting the, mm-hmm. the level, and that was kind of confusing me because I would be trying something and I would hit one key off and the whole level would reset. And this is a beta, so I understand that there's a lot of things that are coming down the pipeline, a lot of development costs. It was just uh, for me... I mean, overall, it's a pretty simple game, though. I mean, you put the luggage onto a car, you try to get it to seem a little kind of steady, and then you go very slowly with the car. So I just feel like it's kind of, you have this luggage and it's precariously on the car, and then the key to the game, at least getting to the end, maybe you won't get the three stars. Like, I usually got one star, but I could get to the end if I went like at a snail's pace, which to mm-hmm. me was okay. I think Alex gets a little frustrated by that. But. I, I don't know if I'm patient enough for the trail <laughs> and just the overall pace, the trial and error of it, but also yeah. just the overall pacing. It, it For me, I was kind of... I, it, they give you the, the, the star rankings. If you get all of the luggage across, it's one star. If you get under 45 seconds, it's two stars. And it's under 20 seconds, it's three stars. And I want three stars. And so me just... Bum rushing, just pack uh, luggage flying all everywhere. I'm just speed demoning to the end, and I, I think I don't. I'm not good at this game. I almost no. wish that there was like you could still get to the end and you get extra points for keeping all the luggage or something. Because once one thing falls off, you've got to restart the whole level. Whole level. That's probably not a bad idea. If you fill out the survey, you could tell them that you feel like that would that would be helpful. I. You guys know I'm a sadist, so I played through all six of the levels that they have out right now, and mm-hmm. I got three stars and everything. Wow. <laughs> you really so, grinding it down, huh? Uh, it took me about half an hour to do all that. Okay. And it even said that the harder levels were only like three star, or they were only three out of five difficulty. So once you figure out how to maneuver all of the 
the items that you're stacking on the car because we didn't even touch on that really so you can have boxes suitcases a full refrigerator yeah a I couch like the refrigerator. oh god the couch is what really because you could like stack the couch so that it was going like towards it's so like sideways towards the front of the or you could on each side you have like the overhang and i think that's kind of like what alex thought you'd be able to like stick a hand out and grab it yeah, I, that's kind of what I was hoping for. I was hoping to just like, okay, just stick your hand out and kind of grab it. One of the things that I realized, actually, I don't know, Getty, if this is what if something you noticed, but with the camera, if you're looking from like a lateral angle, it's very hard to tell. And almost like the game, I think, needs some work on being accurate about where the like pieces are in space. But if you look... Mm-hmm. If you change the camera angle, once I figured out that you can change the camera angle and look down at the car, it was a lot yeah. easier to make sure that all of the pieces were stacked like close together. That's honestly half of the battle with the game is making sure that when you stack something on the car that you have it in the right position. Because you could think that you're putting it directly on top of the car, but it could be like slightly askewed and then just fall off when you start the level. You have to utilize that camera and the, like, movement of the items. So you can move them so that it's more of a, uh, I want to say, horizontal movement. No, it's a vertical movement. You can't move anything. uh, Yeah. You can't move anything, uh, like, to lie. Or maybe some of the stuff you can lie flat. That's what Uh, I was thinking was that my comment was I think that I wanted a shift or flip item button. And sometimes some of the items will flip those it ways. It did it kind of randomly though. Like yes. I didn't. I wish I had control. Control of that. Yeah. Like I want to flip it. So, but I would have to like just move the cursor around and hope it flips instead of being able to control that. Yeah, now, that was one of the more difficult parts of it. That and trying to find the right speed, braking, and acceleration to get to the finish line without uh, dropping everything on the ground. Yeah, again, I was full speed and gassing it, and I was losing everything, in, like, super quick. Uh, you got to be careful, man. The same thing when you're moving in real life. That's true. <laughs> so the design that was in the game so far is pretty simplistic, but there's also some pretty kitschy stuff. I don't know if you noticed, but the coffee shop was called Caffeine, but spelled cafe en. Hmm, I didn't, no, I didn't notice that. Yeah, I noticed that on the fourth or fifth time when I kept clipping the store. (laughs) Yeah, I think there's a good premise here. I think that they can expand upon this and get a lot of, a lot of mileage out of making these puzzle maps. Did you also find it a little bit tricky to find where the end goal was? Because they didn't innately explain it? They did it deliberately. So that you have to like kind of try for yourself to see where you're going. I, I want to say it was like the third or fourth stage. It tries to say like, oh, you should definitely drive forward. But even I was like, nah, it, it couldn't be that easy. If you want to get the quickest time, you had to do a reverse and move to the right so that you can take that street around to mm. the goal. Oh, okay. We went straight and then to the right. And if, if you went straight and to the left, it was just a dead end. Yep. For me, I mean, I, you know what? I guess that is part of it is that they want you to experiment. I just think that I would like every stage to kind of start with a 
they show like the you map. The, they show you the goal and then they zoom out to where your car is or like they show you the full map. I, I could see that. It's just uh, it seemed like this was a lot. The map is it's kind of a fun element for the game, but the tricky thing is if you spoil it with where the the endpoint is, then uh, it's not going to be uh, as much of a surprise. I could see that. I can definitely see that. There's a lot to do uh, with this game, a lot of fun to be had. I just uh, I would like to see how it progresses further in development. Ooh, and don't forget to, Alex, tag it on social media so that you get to keep it after the beta ends. Ooh, that's a good idea. Yep, to... So if you're lucky enough to be in the beta, mm-hmm. I highly recommend it. Hmm. I will definitely have to do that. It's a super light news week, so we're going to pack up this podcast for a break. <laughs> And come back with the backlog blog. And now that will patch the game so the girls are naked. Why are there tentacles in the game now? Well, it looks like we need to have a serious discussion about what gets people off these days. Before that, it's the Backlog Blog, where we talk about a bunch of games we forgot and that got drunk and scrolled to the second half of the Steam library. This week, me and Beth had some co-op fun playing a game called Bleed. Beth, you want to take the lead on this one? All right. So Bleed, it was pretty much... Similar to a Cuphead type of game. Um, it had like this chip tune music. It was kind of fun and catchy. and But ultimately it was kind of forgettable music, I would say. Um, there's two characters. There's a one with pink hair and one with red hair, which is kind of hard to tell which one was which at some points. Like at one point I thought that I was playing Alex's character. And, it became very confusing very quick. Oh, no. Yeah. So... Which I we actually saw a clip about Bleed 2, and I saw that they changed the color of the hair. It seems like such a stupid thing, but the obviously se- the other people improves. thought the same thing as I did. And um, So you're running and you're shooting, um, kind of like a cuphead, but, and you're having some light platforming as well. Um, so you're jumping from thing to thing, and each level is very different. You can change the difficulty in the beginning of each level, so that makes it good because you can do it to, like, I'm not really good at video games that much, so I think we did it at normal, which was great for me, and if you die, you kind of come back without any um, consequence at all, so you can, it has a really, like, good learning curve, you can, the more you play, the better you get. A quick restart is always nice for me. That's one of my favorite things in games. Uh, Running, platforming, shooting. Uh, The main mechanic that sets this one apart is that you have a gauge that when pressed, it will give you slow-mo bullet time, which makes those difficult, you know, platforming and avoiding other enemies a very, it, it makes it doable in an almost bullet hell kind of way. Uh, the, the changing of the weapons, again, like Cuphead, where you can have like a shotgun or homing, a homing shot or a bazooka. I think we kind of stayed with, right, we pretty much stayed with the, the main guns, the main two that they give you right off the bat. 
Yeah, I... Most of the time, you did, like, the faster shooting gun. Yes, the normal shot. <laughs> and you were the bazooka? Yeah. I always like things like that, because I like to really blow them up. Yeah. The The cool thing about it, though, was that the levels were super varied, depending on what you were doing. You would be on a train, and then you have to keep ducking down to avoid tunnels. Or you were at a super high-tech facility that if you tripped these laser beams that were constantly moving, a whole swarm of little tiny robots would just swarm you. So the game kind of shifted how you had to play each level, which was a really nice change of pace. Each level was just so different and varied that I was pretty pumped to say what was coming next. <laughs> They're pretty creative, actually. There's even a level that you're like inside of like the belly of the monster, which I really liked. That was kind of cool. Yeah, you had to kill the dragon's heart. That was cool. The story doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You are there is a league of heroes and you think that they need to be there needs to be a new hero, so you decide to kill them all. What? You you're killing the heroes to become the next one. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of dark. It, it is. It's it's interesting. I just uh I I didn't know what to make of it. She the character was cute. Uh, she was a fun character to play as, and again, when you play multiplayer, it just, just doubles to that character. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I think that uh, Bleed is an unfortunate name, right? Don't you think? That, it makes no sense. Yeah, there's not a lot, there's not a lot of gore. There's no blood. No. All right. You're just killing heroes. And uh, I, I would recommend this to people. I think it's relatively cheap. I think it's a small team. And I think the game took us about two hours, right? Yeah. So, a good, like... One time night game. I thought it was fun. It was relatively like easy by the end of like understanding how to play the game, but it was challenging enough that we had to keep like trying and trying and trying to get past each level. And we started coordinating at the end like, okay, I'm going to do the bullet time when this boss does this move, and then you you go here, I go here, and then I'm going to bullet time again. You know, we were consistently trying to coordinate how we played the game. So overall, probably better to play it with another person so that you have more of that bullet time skill? It's it's shared. And same with the life. The life is shared. Oh. So it's kind of, uh, it's a toss-up. I just think that it's a fun partner experience. You know what I mean? Some, like if you okay. you and Steve are playing, you and Lisa are playing, you just want to do something for like two hours and just get through. It's a lot of fun. Fair enough. The next game you wanted to talk about, Getty, was The Surge. You ass. <laughs> Did you just call me an ass? I didn't want to play The Surge yet. It was It's in my backlog. I was ready to play it at my own volition. And then you're like, I want to, I'm going to talk about The Surge. And I was like, can you just wait like a week or so so I can play some of it? And you're like, no, I really mm. want to talk about it. I was like, fine. I'll play like three hours in a night. And then just like, that's my night now. Nobody made you play. The, the agreement was that we could talk about what we wanted. And it's not so that you feel forced or bullied into playing a game. You're a, oh. a cyberbully now. I'm not a cyber... Let's not talk about cyberbullying. <laughs> this this week's news was going to be about cyberbullying. Oh. Tell, so, yeah. tell me about the Surge. I'm going to tell you about the Surge. So I have had this like itch for these Dark Souls-esque games recently, and now that there's going to be a sequel to the Surge, I thought it'd probably be a good time to at least uh, try it out and talk about it. So... The first thing that really happens off the bat is uh, it kind of sets you on this narrative about a futuristic 
or at least a, a world like we have today, but with a giant conglomerate that seems like it's it's bad news, but it's recruiting people, people to save the world, essentially. Uh, and it draws your character in because he's in a wheelchair, and it's going to give him an opportunity to be able to walk again. Can I just say that that was a really interesting twist that they purposely show your character on the train sitting down and then as soon as the train comes to a stop it pulls away and you could see that he's in a wheelchair now and for me that was it was it was a nice twist for me that I I didn't see coming and I was like oh cool I didn't I didn't even see that one I didn't think about that yeah definitely not expected but it kind of helps you to understand at least a little bit where the character is coming from yes and uh, the story, I've been kind of surprised with the amount of story that you can get just by exploring the world so far. So you go through this horrific uh, scene where you have a body frame installed onto you. Uh, your, your character, he does not seem to think that he's going to be conscious for it. It's, it and the robot's like, it's going to use uh, an anesthetic or it's going to use something to numb the pain, and then it's just cutscene of your character getting this this frame like bolted yeah. to his bones. Yeah and, yeah, and it's drilling into his skin, and blood's pouring out, so it's very graphic, and that anesthetic didn't work, because mm-hmm. he is screaming in pain. Yeah. Do you feel like that so was the like next unnecessary? Thing- that sounds like, why, like, why did you have to add that part? I think it's to, sh- no. I think it's to show that the technology exists, but it ain't pretty. Or I think it actually leads into the game a little bit, thinking that this company, like, oh, they're doing me a favor, uh, but in reality, they're bad. Mm. Like, they're real bad people. Because the next thing that happens in the game is that you wake up in a war zone. Yeah, uh, your train uh, is your first day on the job, but the train crashes, and now a lot of the employees are zombies in their mech suits. I think that what had happened was that the something happened to the system and so many people were jacked into the system that their brains like just went to mush oh they're jacking on oh uh, well <laughs> right bender <laughs> you jacking on in there <laughs> so it it really uh it drops you into this world and you have to try and figure out how to to survive uh and one of the ways it does that is with the third person mechanic that you well it's a third person game but you have this mechanic that you would see in fallout where you can target different parts of the body so you can either target an enemy to go for a weakness or you can target a piece of armor that they have and after you deal enough damage to it you literally rip that piece of the body off to claim the armor for your character i love this idea that you walk up to an enemy and say, you know what? I want that arm. It's mine. And then you rip it off, and then you just bolt it, like just like the enemy's foot. You, I mean, take your foot, and I'm gonna put it on my foot. Cause fuck it. Yeah, yeah. I really like that you have to work for the gear. So instead of finding random drops, if you want like an upgraded set of gear, then you have to find the enemies and systematically rip them apart in order to get it. The interesting thing I read was that. If you get their gear, you can see that it'll. you have their arm, and you build it on your arm, and it says, this one is weak to fire. So you mm-hmm. want to avoid getting hit by fire. But that also means those types of enemies who have that armor are also weak to fire. 
So, yeah, so by getting the armor and even the weapons, you can see what your strengths and disadvantages are going to be moving on. Yeah, and it gives you a learning curve about the enemies. So you each one you meet, you fight it, and it's a, it's a, this is to say, this is a Souls game, and mm-hmm. like a Dark Souls or a Bloodborne, and with that, you need to learn your enemies. You're going to be fighting them multiple times over and over again, because when you get to those medical stations, those enemies are respawning. Yep. And so by killing the enemies, not only can you claim their gear, but you also get resources, salvage, that you can use to build more gear or to level up your character and his power cell. And the power cell is essential to moving on in the game because you need it, you need it to unlock certain doors. Yep. You get these shortcuts, which I love the Dark Souls shortcut idea where a mm-hmm. map that constantly wraps back around. And having the fact like the fact that these doors you, they gate you throughout the story by your level so it will say that you need to be a charge 13 to short this door and make it open and that's yep. that's a lot of fun and grinding those materials i can already seeing this being a game where i throw on a podcast in my headphones and just kind of grind levels because the combat's varied enough that i can attack one way or attack another i can choose to find their body part that has no armor and just take them down quickly or i can say well i like that weapon he's got now i want it yeah and just to make sure that i spoil the game a little bit for alex the first boss is very reminiscent to the giant sentries that you have in the robocop movie oh great Uh uh-huh yeah and you got to take one of them down I, I ran into what looked to be a crane. Yes. And don't don't try and attack the crane. Well, it started trying to attack me first. Ooh, but you know what? In the same area as the crane, there's a guy with high-level gear that's just over to the right. So if you can kite him out of there, then you can get some of his gear for yourself. Mm, I'll have to keep that in mind. That's, that's pro tip, because I also explored as much as I could, and... Uh, since we were talking about the charges that you need to get through the doors, mm-hmm. there's some some pretty high-level ones. I don't know if you noticed in the first area. Obviously, you're not going to be able to get through those right away. So you can definitely go back yeah. to the area and try and open it later. But in a game like this, I feel like it's just going to be like a big, mean monster that's hiding behind it. Of course. Because these games are mean so, to you. Yeah. I'm, I'm hesitant to go back to the first area to try and open any of those doors now that I have more power. But uh, some of the things that I've seen in the first area, it's a pretty open space. Uh, you go in and out of a couple of like assembly lines. And then once you get to the second area, it's like a production recycling facility. And it's a lot more close quarters trying to run around and avoid the enemies at certain junctures too. You know... I was just starting to make progress into Darksiders. Like, I, I, I think I was like 12 hours in. I'd really pushed myself, and then you're like, we should play The Surge now. Damn it. Because the, the Surge is real good. A Surge is really good. I, I'm definitely going to stick with this one. I'm probably towards the end of the second area now. But now that there's going to be a second one, I'm kind of interested to see how that plays into it. I kind of want to know more about the story to see if a sequel makes sense. From what I've read, it, it improves a lot on the previous game. 
So the com- yeah. the combat really shines through. It's good. Speaking of cutting off limbs, I think it's time to cut off this segment and take a break. When we get back, it's time for our special segment. And that was slightly worse. Damn it. <laughs> We're back. This is the new segment that I'm going to retroactively call this the Spouse Cast, <laughs> where we get the significant others involved. This week, I took a funny thought of teaching Beth the overly complicated game of auto chess, a game that I don't even fully grasp, and I ran with it. Beth, let's start with this. Does auto chess or battle chess accurately describe the genre of the game? Now, hold on. Can we just cut to a segment where you yell at me for 10 minutes and skip auto chess? Nope. We're going head first. Oh. <laughs> Beth, do you think auto chess or battle chess is a good name for this genre? I get it now, but at first I didn't really understand why it would be called chess. Because it doesn't seem... It, I understand there's a board and you put the players on the board and then they fight. And there's some strategy to that. So maybe... It, it's like chess because of that, but... I think it's because each different piece has a very specific role and does something differently than the piece before it. And you can have doubles of pieces as well. And there are weaker ones or oh. stronger ones. Yeah, there's just like so many levels of the game. Like there's... What was that, Kitty? I said like in real chess? Yes, just like... As opposed to fake chess? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But, I mean, in yeah, well, yeah, you're right. Real, there is no fake chess. But you know what I mean, though. With the regular regular chess, there it's there's specific rules that you'd be able to explain to someone. And this game is definitely a video game. It reminds me of, like, a World of Warcraft or something like that. There's a lot of different characters, and there's different things that you need to understand and there's not a lot of time to learn them so there's a timer that's going off constantly and during each play you need to buy characters and you have to know what their race is their classes um, and then you've got to give them either bonuses or armor that you can get throughout each round Um, and you put them on the board and you depending on how you put them on the board and what you've given them, then when the timer goes off, they fight the people on the other side. Why do you guys keep making this about race? The last time Alex talked about it, he just focused <laughs> on race the whole time. Because there, there are different racial benefits. Like, you can have ogres, and if you have a bunch of ogres, they will do more, they, they will do more damage if you have two or three of them on the board, different ty- different ones. Why has it got to be ogres, though? There's Each one has one. There's a demon uh, bonus. There is a gnome bonus, a dwarf bonus. Also, there are knight bonuses, and that's where you get the classes. An assassin you know, bonus, a hunter bonus. Uh, I was explaining this to Beth, and uh, not going to lie, there was drinking involved, so it sounded like the rantings and ravings of a madman. 
<laughs> you still sound like the like a madman whenever we talk about this stuff. There's gold and interest, so you won't want to spend all your gold because the interest accrues. Yeah, you got to bank it in your 401k. <laughs> and then you can like level up the characters, so depending, which I didn't understand totally at the beginning, it was kind of confusing, but if you get three of the same character... I believe. Even now, it's some of the rules. I'm like, uh, I don't know if I was doing it right. And Alex was kind of coaching me through the whole thing. And without him, I don't think I would know what to do at all. It was a lot of yelling. No, don't pick that dwarf. No, go for (laughs) the guy with the knife. The guy with the knife. And we were playing on the easiest level, which I thought was very surprising because there's no tutorial there's there is a tutorial is I just, there i just oh, didn't want to put you through you're it nice first to me, thanks oh great so yeah <laughs> so he threw me gotten... he threw me into the fire and i i feel like we we probably played for how long like one match which was 45 minutes yeah four hours long <laughs> yeah by the end of it i actually thought i i kind of got it though i don't know there's like a lot of small idiosyncrasies that you need to you get used to like Different colors mean different, like, rarer characters. And so once I, like, understood that and it kind of tells you when something will level up based on, like, a, like the character looks a little bit, like, shimmery. And so these little tiny things, once you understand that that's what the game is telling you, you can play to, to the best of your ability. You know, at first, though, I just randomly picking things and i have no idea what i'm doing then there's the idea of your character who's putting the pieces on the board having hp versus all your all your pieces on the board of hp it's kind of a battle royale because you're playing against 10 people it's a 10 people match total and then also i don't alex was trying to explain it to me you're playing against another person but then that matchup changes each round it just seems very random, and I don't know like who I'm playing and why I'm playing them and why their team is changing if they come back and play me in a few more rounds. Like why they're that seems about right. The, yeah, and they don't. You don't get to pick who you fight, and just because you fought them on their side, they're fighting somebody else completely different. It, okay. It's just a so, copy of their team. Sounds. Still sounds awful. <laughs> hey, and I don't know how I keep getting suckered into having to listen about auto chess. Hey, let me tell she you, she won a match with coaching and explanation and some yelling. <laughs> and that's—I think—that's the irony of it. Somehow, Alex, this game, which seems like it should be a lot more complicated and that you should hate, somehow you love it. I'm a glutton for punishment. I feel like I'm much more of a glutton for punishment. But we should probably have Joel sit through another 15-minute explanation of auto chess when he gets back. There's still the two-and-a-half-page explanation on our on our Google Drive. You know I'm not reading that ever. <laughs> Beth, how long do you think it would take for you to be proficient in auto chess? How, my, me personally? No, I'm, I'm asking Beth what she thinks because she's oh. got the experience now. Yeah, I won. If you didn't hear. But, um, yeah, I think... I would need to spread it out between a few days because you get very frustrated very fast. And maybe like four days, 45 minutes each, I'd be 
I, I think I would get the hang of it. The thing is that the biggest thing is knowing the characters. So that takes, I think, a lot of time just learning like who the characters are. And in order to be good at the game, you need to understand like what races are what and actually just visually seeing which character is which was is difficult for me. And so that would just take some time. Especially considering that the pieces are relatively small and you're getting a top-down view. But when you're purchasing them, you're seeing the front face of them. So it's hard to to match up that the top head of the guy who's kind of got, you can kind of see an axe, is the guy, is the orc. And mm-hmm. and also there's yeah. a lot of history of knowing these characters and what they do. Because this is all based off oh, of, yeah. you know, Warcraft 3. Of course, yeah. So Just make it even more complicated. Right. <laughs> So you have to have played these other games in order to understand how battle chess works. Kind of, yeah. That's that's a negative side for sure. We should definitely just, you know, forget it exists. No. <laughs> Do you think you'd play this again, Beth? Pro- I, probably not. I think I was kind of proud that I at least got better at it, I guess. Okay. So I would play it. I might play it again. It was it was frustrating, but with someone behind me that knows what they're doing, that at least like gave me the the guiding hand. The guiding hand, but I don't think I would ever play this by myself. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed your time with Auto Chess. I'll never make you do that again. Thank God. <laughs> now let's move on to our one last thing segment, where we give one last word to sign off for the session. For me, Getty, Getty, Flappy Bird Battle Royale is actually kind of good. No. Dude, it's it's kind of good. I've, no. I've, each match is like 15 seconds. You're making that same voice when you found out about auto chess. Like, guys, guys, it's so exciting. It's pretty good, dude. You should you should try it's... Flappy Bird Battle Royale beta test. Uh, no. What is, what is it on? I think it's on everything. On everything? Yeah. Okay, I'm still going to pass. <laughs> What's your last word, Getty? Well, actually, I, I can't believe how much money you sent me on Venmo. Uh, I didn't realize you were going to pay me. So, turns out it does pay to sit around and play games. You probably shouldn't have said that when Beth is around. Oh, <laughs> probably. You know what? Joel will probably hear that, too. He's not going to like that, either. <laughs> Beth, what's your last word for the session? I've already asked you this this week, but why did you put so many hentai jokes into my episode? I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> hey, I could have added more. <laughs> no. We held back. Oh, yeah. Hey, for my, sure. I, I mentioned to my friend that, that we have these hentai games, and she was interested. Ce- Cecilia was very interested <laughs> in the hentai games. No, she's not getting a gift basket. No. no. All right. No. I'm already tapped out after the last couple of weeks. <laughs> we got to stop having guests on this. Our budget's getting high. Yeah, it was, what, three whole dollars? That was per guest. How much money you got? Oh. Oh, yeah, that's right. And one of them was on the sale week. Oh, never mind. Mm-hmm. And that will be it for this week's Super GG Radio. Before we go, you can find us on Twitter at Super GG Radio and twitch.tv slash Super GG Radio, where I kind of want to get back into Jet Grind Radio. That's just a fun game. I thought you said it was really dated. It is really dated, but that did not mean that I wasn't dancing to every single Solitary song. Huh. All right. Also, Kevin is still going strong on Metal Gear Solid 2. That Raiden reveal was priceless. <laughs> he was so upset. 
and also finding out about Vamp. He was he does not like vampires. So he was no. so he was very upset. Do you know anybody that was happy about the Raiden reveal? I was, I like Raiden. I wasn't I wasn't pumped on Rose. In retrospect. Yes. Not when the game first came out. That's true. Okay, there we go. If you'd like to reach us with questions or input, our email address is superggradio at gmail.com and provide a review on iTunes or the podcast app of your choice. Thanks for listening. And GG, Beth. GG. GG, Getty. Good game.